Craft Beer Radio, episode 209, March 23rd, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. It is the medicine for a really crappy day at work. Okay. Let's hope that you didn't have as crappy a day as Jeff had. And hopefully it uh, doesn't carry in until next week. So We're doing a whole bunch of different dark beers tonight for, for a dark day. Sure. There you go. There's a good tie-in. Yeah, we got a bunch of beers. Fridge is getting kind of empty. We want to clean it out. And uh, we're going to do... Uh, let's do this Dark Horse Oatmeal Stout. All right. So this is their one oatmeal stout. It's number one in a series of five stouts uh, that they have produced. Um, the two is a cream stout. Tress is blueberry. Four is smoked. And Plead the Fifth is a uh, imperial stout. But this is an oatmeal one. And they don't really give me other, any other information other than that. So there you go. Part of the, it's an October release holiday series, so it's a very dark beer. It's uh, I don't see any highlights on this. Sucker. Yeah, oatmeal stouts are typically opaque. Something about all the oat proteins and stuff that don't let light through sucks it all up. Dark brown head, tan head, a little roasty in the aroma. A little there's a little hoppiness in the aroma too, just a touch. Mm-hmm. I agree. Where is Dark Horse? They're in Marshall, Michigan. Yep. Yeah, they're. Um, we used to have uh, one of our super listeners, um, Dawn, would send us Dark Horse. Mm. But now they're available here, so they're, he's not our only lifeline. Remember the first time we had the crooked tree or the double crooked tree idea? Yeah. That stuff was like, whoa, really, really uh, caught our attention. So you mostly sweet, uh, roasted barley. Yeah, the one thing that I'm sure we'll mention. I want to talk a little bit about oatmeal stout since we don't do it very often. And uh, the oats they give you, you know, that kind of gelatinous type feel, even though it's almost a nuance and not really a flat out flavor. Right. And you know, a couple ways you can put it is it, sometimes it's a little steely or. Um, Slick, gooey, slimy. slimy is a good way to put it. Greg likes slimy, right? right. I am, I know that slimy has bad connotation to some people, but I think it 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 is an accurate uh, descriptor of how it feels in the mouth. It has this gooeyish, mm-hmm. this uh, this like you said, gelatinous kind of sense, um, and it it's somewhat similar to when you have a plate of oatmeal. There's a bit of a gooeyness. It, mm-hmm. It's you know, I, I, it's it's mucilin, right? It's the same stuff that okra has. Mm-hmm. It's that sliminess. So the roast is really forward in the flavor there. And it's, I don't know if harsh is the right word, but, you know, in the ballpark of harsh. It, it's a sharp roast. It's not chocolatey. It's not velvety. It, mm. it's, it's gritty. You know, the, it's the, the, it, it's veering into this sort of charcoaly territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it's got this this kind of somewhat acidic sharpness to it. the The oatmeal is 
what it's doing is is it's making it feel really full. Mm-hmm. It's making the body feel very viscous and, and thick, more so than if it didn't have oatmeal on it. And maybe I'm getting a little bit of sort of brown sugar okay. in the aftertaste. Second sip, late in the aftertaste, I started getting some of the things that you typically taste in like a robust porter. Some of the... Um, I wouldn't really go as far as chocolate. I keep saying what it's not. Let me let me try to figure out what it is tonight. It, it, it's another roast, but it wasn't quite as ashy and sooty as the first one. But it's still quite stringent and acidic. When you say it, it just yeah, keeps no, I, dragging back that way. I would say it 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 reminds me of a, and I don't want this to impugn upon the beer, but think of a relatively low quality dark chocolate, like say a Hershey's dark chocolate. The, the the bitterness is not as nuanced as you would get from a really high-quality dark chocolate. So you get a little bit of a sharp kind of flavor, a little bit like this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things going on here. I think that the, the hopping is really interesting. That there's, a, um, there's, there's a little bit of a floral bouquet around it, and the, the hopping is, is giving it to it. It, it. it seems pretty hoppy for, mm-hmm. for this uh, style. And, but that sharpness is reminding me of being in my grandmother's house and having those, she used to get the, the little Hershey's miniatures and there's a Hershey's special dark mm-hmm. and there's right. their special dark is not a very good dark chocolate, but it's your first introduction to dark chocolate. When you're a kid, you hate it. And then mm-hmm. you start to learn to sort of Actually, like, I had two today. It's better than the other Hershey's crap. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you're, it's nothing like a real dark chocolate, I yeah. should, I should place and get some Dagobah keeps sending me emails with, Discounts like ten percent off. They want me to buy some more. I should really buy some. That stuff was good. <laughs> I got my email address. I bought Heather that drinking chocolate for Christmas last year. Yeah. And what I find about to get a little off beer near the chocolate, what I find about the dark chocolate, the better dark chocolates, they retain some of their creaminess along with their bitterness and, and stuff. And it's it's a little hard to say because if you go into the really high percent cacao, you know the ninety seven ninety percent cacao. Well, yeah, that's it, it doesn't it, creamy is not really the best no. description for those. No. But the Hershey's kind of tastes like it's it's made out of some sort of... Um, it's made out of like a powder and then congealed. Kind of, yeah. You're right. So as I'm getting more through my uh, my sample here, bitterness really isn't, you know, or the... the not the not the hot bitterness, but the, the acidity, the astringentness, the, the uh, harshness of the, the ch- of the roast malt... It really isn't standing out as much. It's it's becoming a more better, more rounded drinker. The uh, the oats really aren't standing out as far as I thought they would. You know, as I expected at this point, the taste of the oats are kind of. You really have to go looking for the. What are the oats bringing to this beer? So this is eight percent alcohol by volume, according to Beer Advocate. Yeah, the hops are interesting. They're really hard. The beer is so dark; it's really hard to describe what the hops are doing. But they're playing this this harmony, this backup role that you know is doing something, even though it's hard to describe. Oh, the kind of hop used! I that would really. It's really hard to. Yeah, it, it's so hard to pick out. I'm I'm going to, to. Take a stab and say, maybe Centennial. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even. I wouldn't even try to stab a variety, but more of a family, right? You know, is it, is it, is it, you know, 
you know, American, West Coast, you know, Oregon Valley, you know, or is it, you know, English or is it continental? Uh, I'm thinking it might, you know, it might be some kind of English style. I mean, that'd be more traditional for the style, but it seems a little more floral than you'd yeah, expect. Yeah, that, that's why shop. I was kind of going with Centeno because yeah. there was a floralness, but it doesn't have an apricot or grapefruit flavor to it. Or you just can't tell with all the other stuff going on. That's why I it's think so you'd hard. be able to pick out some of those esters, even in even among this, and I'm not. Yeah, I don't think ester is the right. Yeah, it not wouldn't really be an ester from the hop. Okay, so be it would a, be a, a phenol. Well, yeah, uh, no, I, yeah. phenols would come from the east, right? So, yeah, time to get the books back out and read up some more. It, it's been a while. It's, uh, it's it's um, what are the vol? It's just what are the volatile? They're uh, crap. <laughs> my brain's gone resinous today. compounds yes, of some yes, sort my brain's gone today so much troubleshooting I almost told Greg I mean we enjoy doing this show but I almost told Greg like, I almost feel like just like let's sit on the porch it's so nice <laughs> out let's not record and let's just drink out of the porch but I don't know it almost seems like a waste to drink together and not get some content out of it yes I know I, I had thought about that on the way up I was like well you know it's possible Jeff would just want to drink, and I'd be fine with that, because I've been needing a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit on, on, on the pre-show about my new job, and uh, you know, I like it, but it, it's it's quite a slog. It's a long drive. It's an hour drive both ways. So uh, I've been getting home and, and very much wanting to have a you know, I feel like... You could break it up. You could stop at Bucktown for happy hour on the way home. That would just make things take longer. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, I feel like the you know fifties dad who comes home and wants a martini. You know, just, I, I need something to 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 just uh, decompress. Decompress, yeah. I think once you get accustomed to it, I think the drive. You'll find the drive will help you decompress. I mean, I, that's one thing that. I get from this job a little bit is you just turn on, you know, NPR or a podcast and you just let your brain think about that. And it really gets you, you know, once, once the drive becomes second nature to you, I think you'll find that more, yeah. more relaxing. But yeah, I can imagine the first three, four days. It's like, Oh my God, what did I do? Why is this drive so long? I mean, I'm, I can't complain about the money I'm getting paid for it. So although gas is a factor. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Get a little moped. Right. <laughs> 36 miles on a moped. <laughs> okay, so the next beer. It's another dark beer. Instead of oats in it, though, it has milk sugar, lactose, if you will. This is the 2X Stout, double milk stout from Southern Tier. Brewed with two varieties of hops and three types of malts. Southern Tier is uh, near, near our home up in uh, Lakewood, Lakewood, New York. Um, this is actually rather informative on their website, I think. It doesn't smack much of, of marketing speak. It's more informative about the style. Milk stout, also called cream or sweet stout, is a stout containing lactose or sugar derived from milk. Because lactose is unfermentable by beer yeast, it adds sweetness and body to the finished beer. Milk stouts have been claimed to be nutritious and were marketed as such in the early 1900s with claims that would make the FDA wince. One ad read, ideal for nursing mothers, for the healthy, for the invalid, and for the worker. 
Surely. Um, so they mentioned there's the double, uh, and the seven five seven point five percent alcohol by volume, uh, and it is uh, everyday availability from Southern Deer. Very cool. Um, there's still places that do give nursing mothers stouts. Ireland places in Ireland uh, even. Um, even when Heather was nursing, she saw things. I can't remember the source. I don't have the footnotes or the bibliography ready, mm-hmm. but talking about, you know, drinking styles to help the milk come in, you know, because when you're first born, it's not, milk's not really being produced and whatnot. Don't know. Maybe that's the next craft beer radio experiment. We'll get new nursing mothers to uh, drink stouts. <laughs> <laughs> Then we can show boobies. <laughs> exactly. So, um, actually, it's kind of a chocolatey aroma coming off it, a milk chocolatey yeah. aroma. Oh, the only thing I, you know, the beginning of your description, and this is something I want to tell people that might not be too familiar with milk stouts, they say that the lactose is a sugar that is not fermentable, so it gives it more sweetness in body. True, but lactose is not a very sweet sugar compared to yes. sucrose or anything like that. Um, if you tasted powdered lactose, you know, if you're a home brewer and you have the lactose, you know, powdered lactose at home and taste it, it probably tastes more like flour than sugar. You know, it's not very sweet. So Which is good, because, I mean, if it if it were too sweet, then these would just be sugar bombs. Yeah, yeah. I just want to point that out, because really that was a misconception I had early on. The most common, ex- it, okay, oh, I was going to say, you know, the most common example, most uh, widely distributed, would be McKesson's Triple X Stout. Yes, this beer is not as sweet as McKesson's. It has its sweet notes to it. It's certainly yes. a lot sweeter than the last beer. Mm-hmm. It has the kind of yeah, a, a I don't want to say bubblegum like sweetness because that implies something that like Hefeweizens has sort of bubblegum flavors, mm-hmm. but it has yeah. a a sugary sweetness there that's kind of reminiscent of, of some... Well, there's an estuary thing going on with that sweetness, too. There's... Maybe instead of bubblegum, maybe more... Uh, what's that? The fruit gum. The uh, oh, a juicy, juicy fruit. fruit. There's something estuary going on there. Almost like... Um, yeah, maybe ju- yeah, maybe a little bit like that. Some For some reason, like marshmallow came into my mind mm-hmm. also. And maybe something that's a little more, you know, artisanal marshmallow instead of, you know, stay puffed. Maybe a little uh, Rice Krispie treat. Okay. Yeah, I think you're, you're getting there. That's an interesting Rice Krispie treat beer. <laughs> or a beer that just complements it. Instead of using a lemon wedge, you put a Rice Krispie treat on the rim of the glass. This this would go well with the rice krispie treat. I imagine it would it would cut through mm-hmm. that you know the stickiness and mm-hmm. help you bring it down. And yeah, this would go this would go well with desserts. The sweetness would accompany the desserts. It's a very good compliment beer. I like it. Hmm. I just got when I was sipping, I was breathing it over my mouth, and I got some pretty sulfury compounds like. Like sewer drain. Like, I don't know if I can get it again, but it was almost a sewer drain type spunkiness. I can't say I'm getting that. Yeah, I, I couldn't reproduce what I got the first time. 
But yeah, I just breathed in and it was like, oh, oh. sulfur. Did you get something? I just smelled something. The power of suggestion. I'm not smelling it again, but I just, I, I did smell something that was just, it was like momentarily off. Mm-hmm. I, I, Now it's gone. Do we have any date on this bottle? Date of birth. 12-29-11. So it's not super old for, for you know, the size of the beer. So 7.5% stout, yeah. yeah. I like how they have DOB. The laser etcher is DOB 12-29-11. So they have date of birth. Mm-hmm. Or date of bottling. Date of birth better. <laughs> You and your kids. So, I have a report about um, the show we did uh, a couple weeks ago, the $50 beer show, which was also done in concordance with my, with my parents. Cause oh, they, your dad did the drink at home thing, right? Yeah. Um, well, my par- well, my dad listened to the show, took notes, and then my, both my parents sampled okay. the beers. Except for the... Um, the the Elison one the uh, the the super IPA which he had on his own which I told him yeah you know, we kind of warned him you know that's big hoppy and my mother doesn't like hoppy beers but it was successful um, they really they they really liked the uh, the beer Mars they loved the brainless on peaches okay um, and they still haven't tried the Kelpie yet but. They love both of them, and it, it was it was really successful because they have a tendency. Because my mother doesn't like hoppy beers, they have a tendency to gravitate towards darker beers. Mm-hmm. And here were two lighter beers that they probably wouldn't have tried otherwise. They really both very much enjoyed. Right. So, in it gave my it, it gave them impetus to try other things. And I told them, um, well, first of all, I told my dad. You know, when I went into the store, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to get. I just looked around and saw what was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and told him that that's what he should do. And second, that I told him, you know, if you like this experience, and you really did, gravitate towards your Belgian and French styles mm-hmm. because those will give you what you want in terms of your. With, without being super hoppy, you get lots of great flavor. Yep, yep. Saber tickets go on sale April fifth. Yeah, since we're going there, might as well mention it. We got the email from the uh, Brewers Association. Eight, April 5th. Well, you said that last time, didn't you? It's at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And uh, it'll probably sell out fast. So if you're going to be in the D.C. area, first weekend of June, and you want to uh, hang out with the guys at Craft Beer Radio and eat some <laughs> good food, drink yeah. some good beer. We'll be we'll be hanging out for you know we won't be hanging out we'll be working our butts off but you might see us well I mean you might see us in in the daytime before before both of them we'll, we're going to at least we do should, yeah we should figure out where we're going yeah. and mention it and no one will show up but we no should still show mention up, it. yeah <laughs> you were doing the same thing we did last time we're taking mega bus down yeah well so. I don't know I haven't decided. I mean, I'll, I'll pay you the money, okay. but I haven't decided whether I just want to drive, you know, maybe just, I just want to drive down. Okay. All right. We can talk about that later. It wasn't as cheap as last time. Yeah, though, I know. So. But it's only like, you know, for like 40 something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Because I, I didn't have the. I mean, for two dollars, it was a good experience, but for forty, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't know. It, it just it, it it was a slog. I just didn't have to drive. I was fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I could sleep or work or whatever. Anyway, that's not main show type stuff. Saver, June eighth and ninth, twenty twelve, National Building Museum. Tickets are pricey, but it's a hell of it's an worth event. It. It's worth it. We say that as people who have never paid to go. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, right? But it's it, I, I would. Yeah, it, it's a heck of an event. All right. Um, da, 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 da. Anything else about the Southern Tier Two X Stout? Another one that that's judiciously hopped. There's something going on there. Something kind of floral, but. Mm-hmm. I definitely can't pick out the, what hop it is. Yeah, they have... Um, it's a little more resiny than the last one, I think. So I just noticed something, and it's kind of their, their marketing or their the way they present their lines, because they have the 2X IPA. Now this is the 2X Stout, which is the primary descriptor on the label. Mm-hmm. And then in smaller, little, smaller letters, it says double milk stout. So don't be surprised if you see more 2X things from Southern Tier. I'll be keeping an eye out. All right, so let's save the barrel one for last, and we will do this rogue John John Ale. So this is the John John Hazelnut Rum Barrel Aged Ale. It's uh, American Brown Ale at five percent alcohol. Is she by gonna volume. gush? Is she going to gush? No, no she's getting close. She's going. She's it's, going. It's sort of a. It's a very very slow volcano. Most volcanoes are. Except for Krakatoa. Okay, so... Not this, Helens. This is interesting because their website... This was, this was brewed once. Their website doesn't have any information on it, but Brewer Advocate has a lot of information on it. 13 ingredients. Harrington, Clages, Brown, Karastin 13.7, Crystal 70.80, Crystal 135.165, Beeson Pale Chocolate, and Rogue Micro Barley Farm Dare Malts. When was this brewed? Do we have any idea? Uh... I didn't see. Um, I don't know. Probably so, sometime. Looks like uh, looks like around February of twenty twelve because that's uh, that's when people are talking about it being on tap. So, um, it, the the hops are Zots and Rogue Micro Hop Yard Revolution hops. It also has uh, hazelnut extract, free range coastal water. That's their water, free range coastal water. I guess so. There it is. It's right there on the side. That's just where they get it from. Mm-hmm. And their uh, proprietary Pac-Man East, thirty-three IBUs, seventy-three point six is the uh, AA, the uh, alpha acid. The alpha acids. That's weird. Instead um, of well, instead, of, it, instead of IBUs, they well, it's a um, instead of what instead of the bitterness that comes out of the beer. Instead of doing that calculation or having it analyzed, it's the amount of alpha acids they put into the beer. So it's a, it's a, it's an input type measurement as opposed to an output type calculation. Okay, well, that's one I haven't heard of. So there you go. Nineteen degrees Plato, thirty six degrees Lava Bond. So the John John series is where John Mayer, the brewer, and John is his name Hansel, the the distiller. Mm-hmm. Um, 
collaborate. So this is it is aged in barrels of a hazelnut spice rum, and it's probably more or less the the hazelnut porter that uh, or hazelnut brown ale that Rug brews. Probably less, but it's at least inspired by that. Um, I bought two of these bottles at the same time at One for the Road, fourteen ninety nine, a little on the pricey side. Um, First, from Oregon, so first they... bottle had an infection problem. Really? Notice how much head these beers poured with. Yes. So I am really concerned. I wasted $30 on two infected beers. The nose, I'm not so sure about. The nose has something that might be a, a wild yeast infection mm-hmm. but it also has something that maybe that's the rum barrel maybe yeah. that's rum maybe that's the, the first one there was no question it was infected but this one smells different there's too. something a little maybe band-aid-y but I, I'm not sure it's almost richer the, it's almost yeah. richer than band-aid yeah. right it's almost a little bit cane sugar or something so maybe this one's not spoiled I'll be happy if it's not the color is a uh, sort of rich amber um Tending towards the brownish. No, this one is even farther gone than the last one. Sour and... Yeah, this one's even worse off than the last one. It, mm. It's... It's almost vinegar. Yeah. It's, um... It's too bad. Because I'd like to taste the beer there, but it's gone. Yeah, I don't even taste hazelnut or or uh, rum or anything. It's just acetic just basically and... acetic vinegar. Yeah, oh, thirty bucks down the drain, two bottles. That is a darn shame. Greek's using my water glass as the dump bucket. That's <laughs> the only one we have right now. All right. That sucks. Rogue, you owe me two bottles of beer. Let's expunge that one from the record. Because they're not going to be judging that. And the final beer of the night was sent to us by our friends at Carl Strauss Brewing in San Diego. 23rd anniversary ale, the old ale. Ale aged in bourbon barrels. Now I'm a big fan of old ales. As regular listeners know, this is 12.2% alcohol by volume, 22 SRMs, which is, uh, for the looks of it, it's um, a little bit of a lighter amber than the last one, but it's still around dark side, dark honey. 30 IBUs. It's. There. I don't see any information about it here other than that. I was hoping so. Press paper on it, but I have no idea where it's at oh. anymore. Bummer. Nothing on the website, huh? No, nothing that's not. It will spend a full. It uh, spends a full year in American oak bourbon barrels, but then it gives you tasting things and yeah. Smells good though. Smells a lot better than the last one. When we started brewing back in 1989, the closest thing in town to an English-style old ale came in a paper bag. 23 years later, 
We like to think that we had something to do with improving the local beer selection in San Diego. The city must have had something to do with it. Everything else is what you mentioned. They talk about what what I will be tasting in the beer, yeah. so I don't really want to read that part. I want to figure out myself what I'll be tasting. Oh, that's a nice aroma. Brown sugar. Yeah, it's brown sugar. It's warming. It's it's oaky. It's it's something. Mm. I'm not. You know. It's like if I had to name like something else that it smells like. One of the. I'm trying to think. I mean. It doesn't smell exactly like St. Adam's Utopias. No. But it's in the ballpark. Yeah, so it smells kind of like... Imagine if you were to... Actually, you know, it smells a lot like Utopias. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine if you were to take a s'more and cover it with cognac and light it on fire. (laughs) A s'more. So... You get some of that cognac and that sort of alcohol aroma, but you also get some sort of chocolatey, molassesy right. mm-hmm. kind of aroma and, and a little bit of some gram. This is one I just want to smell, smell, smell. I don't, you know, it smells so good. There's no reason to drink it. And then the aroma fills your palate. It's like it's almost satisfying just to smell it, you know? Yeah, this is one of those aromatherapy beers. Oh my god, that's awesome. The smell <laughs> is awesome. You just take this and smell. Did I did I tell you that um when I, I we had a little bit of the, of the utopia left over that you you, mm-hmm. you drink and, and uh, I shared it with Damien and he was so pleased with it. He was like, This is amazing and he said, This is the first beer that I really wanted to lick the glass clean. <laughs> Well, it's, it, Utopia's is viscous and thick enough that you can't yeah. lick the glass. It's, it's like licking maple syrup off the... <laughs> Not quite that viscous, but it's got... I mean, it was... you know, it, We didn't have much. We had mm-hmm. a quarter of an ounce each, roughly, but yeah. it was still just amazing. But this has similar aromas to that. So it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> but it's a one-time-only release. Yeah. That smells wonderful. Okay, I'm going to take a sip. I can't smell it all night, even though I'd like to. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Good. It's freaking awesome. It's okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not... As jazzed, I think the aroma gave me a little bit more jump. Um, maybe I just—I w- I was just—maybe I was thinking of Utopias, and so I was sort of expecting that, which is sort of transcendently awesome, and, and it's just kind of really good. This is, <laughs> it's not, okay, so it's not transcendently awesome, but it is awesome. So when I take the sip, get this nice, rich. Um, it's it's velvety. It's sweet. And you get brown sugar and vanilla mm-hmm. and then some caramel. And then the oak comes through. But the oak is done wonderfully. It's better than 90% of the oak beers I've had, I think, the way the oak comes through. It's just so sweet and juicy and luscious. There's nothing harsh. There's nothing really woody about it. It doesn't seem like a barrel. It 
Ah, oh, just I think that's where it loses me. Uh, because I don't agree with you on the oakiness. I think it's it's a little over on the oakiness. Uh, I I tend to like my oak subdued, and this goes a little towards woody in oaky for me. It gets um gets a little into that sort of wood sugar kind of thing. So it, it's a little sharp, and that's where I think it's it's hitting me slightly wrong. I, I agree with you that the flavors coming up to there are very good. It's, it's interesting because I think that, you know, where most oak beers get woody and sharp, you know, this one doesn't. This one misses that, and and it's outstanding because of that. That's That's what I'm tasting. Did you pour first? I'm going to try to change glasses up here. I'm can't, just can't remember who has the curious. top of the bottle. Yeah. Yours is warmer than mine. You put your hand on it more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more or less the same. Yeah. Mine's same. maybe a little more vanilla, if anything. But maybe that's the temperature it's talking. And not, it's probably the temperature. Yeah, they're, 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 I, I don't detect much of a difference. I, I there, there's just something a little over oaked. It just, it just tastes over oaked to me. And, and you, that's, you, you are typically pretty sensitive to oak, you know. Yeah. And there's lots of, lots of times where something is oaked. The, you know, you kind of pick out the flaws more readily than I do. Um, and a lot of the times, there's this oakiness that. You know, it's that woody, it's that kind of sharp splintery type flavor mm-hmm. that maybe personally I don't love above, every, you know, I don't love it, but it's it's the style. So I, I just say, you know, it's oaked, it does that. Where like this one, it's like the first time I had Elliot Ness, right? It's the first lager that didn't taste like a lager. It's almost like that to me where the oak in this one is done so beautifully that it's like now I have a whole new expectation of what I want oak beers to be. I mean, aside from Utopias, I can't think of another beer that, you know, plays the oak and the and the sweetness into such a delicious dessert. Well you say that, but I can think of one right off the bat, which is what we talked about before, Brainless on Peaches, but it was oaked. Uh it was in Chardonnay oak barrels and uh, that had an oak that was just playful enough to be there without going overboard, mm-hmm. and I think that's the more of the oak that I'm that I'm looking for is something. So, so maybe I was maybe when I was saying every time I said oak there, let's replace that with bourbon, with whiskey barrels, maybe. Okay. Because um, really, the brainless on peaches is kind of a different experience, right? Because it was a fruity, it was a peached Belgian golden ale right. in wine barrels. So that's a very different. Um, it's it's a different uh, lane than you know any bourbon, but beer. the the but the generalities of oak were still there. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. I'm not saying I was you know that that I, I get your point, and maybe I you know should have been a little more specific, or maybe I need to think up my point a little bit more clearly. And I'm trying to figure out exactly how I feel about that, but um, the caramel, the vanilla, the the bourbon, the the oak. Oh, this is amazing. Amazing. It's it's just, you know, kind of very good for me. 
and it, it's that oakiness that that's that's giving it it's it's overpowering some of those really beautiful like those complex old ale flavors that the, the fruitiness that comes that typically comes out of old ales this um yeah the 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 dark prunes and the um and and the strawberries and stuff like that that really comes out of really great old ales and the oaks are just kind of overpowering it and just sort of standing over it and I, pushing it okay, down okay okay i can kind of if you if you were really wanting an amazing old ale with an oak accent instead of an amazing oaked beer i could see where you could be disappointed you, you know what i'm saying where sure. an old ale with an oak accent as opposed to, this is an oak beer. This is an oak beer with a lot going on, and I, I love it. Uh, but, it, yeah, it doesn't taste like, you know, if you wanted a world-class old ale. I'm not sure I'd give this, you know, credit as a world-class old ale. Right. Um, it's an old ale in barrels, and it turned into a fantastic product, but I don't know if it would win a gold medal in the old ale category. category. I think if you're, if you're really into to oaked beers particularly barrel you know bourbon barrel oaked beers this this will this this will get you very excited um me since since i'm less into the oaky stuff but i'm really a big fan of old ales i kind of you know i have to say i'm a little dis- i'm disappointed because i love the flavors that come out of old ales and the oak is just dominating this too much for me all right you want to rank these puppies yeah uh, Rogue John John does disqualified. not qualified. Yeah, disqualified. The, did not place. So, you want to go first? Um, yeah, Carl Strauss, number one. Number two, Dark Horse, number three, Southern Tier. Now, the reason for the rankings, I think it's obvious why I picked the Carl Strauss number one. I'm not going to waste time on that. Why did I pick the Dark Horse, the Oatmeal one, over the 2X Stout? Um, a couple things. The 2X Stout, I thought had a little bit of that sewer drain in there. And I, I got a tiny bit of that in the flavor, too. But even without that, in general, I thought that the... Um, after the first couple of sips of that bracing um, roastiness, that ashiness that the one had, that, that the Dark Horse one had, um, I I think I, I, I dug that kind of elusive floralness that was in there. And, and it was hard to find the oatmeal if I was blindfolded, didn't know what the beer was, I might have missed it. But looking for it, you're like, okay, I think I, I, think I got it in there. And I just enjoyed it. All right. So while you know I've, I've been, I guess you could say pooping on the Carl Strauss a bit. I I want to stress that I you know it's a good beer, but the other two were better in my estimation tonight. Uh, Dark Horse would be number one for me. Uh, I think that um, yeah, I just I really <laughs> really like a a good oatmeal stout. And uh, this came through with uh, the the only bad thing I can say is is there was there was that sort of both of us had a, a smell of something off mm-hmm. at one point something a little weird sulfury but uh, that didn't last and the beer was yeah pretty it good. didn't destroy the beer not like the acidness destroyed the yeah. John John but there was just something there that was some production problem yeah. or 
It should have been an age problem because that beer was not very old, but it was off. The Southern Tier was a very good milk stout. Now, it's not going to win any awards, I think. Uh, but I, I think that um, it was a it was a well done milk stout, and it's you know if you need if you want a sweet stout, I think it, it'll it'll push your the right buttons. Yeah, if I was, if I'm looking for uh, idyllic um, milk stout, I want something that's a little less astringent. I want a little more smoothness, a little more velvetiness, and maybe just a little more sweetness. So it really wasn't very prototypical of what I'm looking for in a milk stout. Okay. I th- I I thought it, it it fit the milk stout fine for me. I, th- I think it 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 was pretty much exactly what I wanted. Uh, so the, the, and that's kind of the reason the Carl Strauss is third for me because it wasn't exactly what I wanted. I, I wanted more old ale and I got more kind of over oaked. And and I'm happy because I get to cap the Carl Strauss and keep yeah. it all for myself. So are expectations hitting me in this? Yes, they are. Uh, you don't have to cap it. You have the. Oh yeah. So um, yeah. So that that's my ranks. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to 209 Craft Beer Radio. We will be back sometime in the intermediate future. In the future, yes. The distant future. The distant future. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear